Hey, this is Erin Lindstrom, and you're listening to Thank You For You. This is a show about celebrating and acknowledging our humanness as well as our beingness, the easy and the hard, the gifts and the (laughs) gifts we don't really like but choose to accept anyway. This is a show about and for people in pursuit of more peace, more joy, more money, more justice, and more of the awe that life has to give us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for you. another new day it's a different day baby it's a different day on this earth same body woo and i have to ask you a question i recently tried a pawpaw fruit this weekend and i told you a little bit about that experience but i didn't ask you if have you ever heard of the pawpaw fruit and have you tasted one so great questions i have heard of them because i think we used to have like a pawpaw tree somewhere i didn't have it but i remember walking with a friend of the pod derek and like pawpaws being a thing and maybe trying one maybe we were in north carolina or something and being underwhelmed oh yeah it's underwhelming (laughs) it's described as a mango a banana and something else like had a baby basically and it's it is an underwhelming consistency or not consistency flavor it's very yeah it's like apple saucy but also like not strong enough of any of those flavors it's like it was next to a banana and a mango but like didn't fully get the essence it, exactly exactly and honestly if they're not ripe they kind of taste like not good <laughs> yeah I, I would agree the details but it, they taste yucky yeah. but it is cool that nature like makes that you know it it is cool what a um, gift I'm proud of nature for making pawpaw fruit. Me too. Or pawpaw. I don't really know how to pronounce well, it. Well, I don't, yeah, I'm going with pawpaw. And I think that's like a grandpa e name. And that's the perfect transition into today's podcast guest. Oh, Sina. Is Sina a grandpa? She's, <laughs> she's not a grandpa, but her grandpa opened the first Acro gas station in Philadelphia in 1968. And like his legacy of, like creating a business and having people work there and how they work together and like his leadership completely affected Sina and how she runs all of her things and like she has that same legacy even so like she shared with me on the podcast about her son who has a comic book business which I think is like the coolest thing ever he's 12 so I can see her kind of like she has that same legacy and I just think that's so cool the the family tree magic that's happening there wow that's really beautiful I love cool I love that. Generations of business doing things. Right. Is that going to happen? Do you you plan on passing down your entrepreneurial roots to your kiddos? If they want them, yes. I think they'll be there no matter what, because really it's a lot of questioning the status quo and the, you know, support to do whatever you want and to make money doing what you want and like everything we, we can figure it out. So they'll have that. Will they choose to go with it? We shall see. According to astrology, yes, they both will. <laughs> but according to them, who knows? Hey, they're young. They got they got plenty of time. Yeah, Violet's about. very interested in working at the cat cafe right now. So that's her current life trajectory. Check back in to see where we end up. Oh, I love that for her. My mm-hmm. friend Squibs talked about opening a dog cafe. Interesting. But there is a lot of, unfortunately, just because of the fur and stuff, a lot of yeah, food, uh, yeah. I feel like it's not for me, but I will support her if that's her dream. Uh, yeah, I'd love to go pet some cats and drink coffee. That is a great time for me. We should that's do that one every day. morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, wait, that's your home. Okay. <laughs> I guess I already have a cat cafe. Uh, <laughs> love it. Shall we do a dramatic reading of Cena's bio? 
I think it's the, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Hi, let's do it. Okay. Okay. Deep inhale. <laughs> Cena Martin Chandler is a producer, author, workforce development, and team operations expert, and mom of two boys. Her company, Hire Great Help, Inc., helps solopreneurs hire their first team of contractors and employees so they can build a multi-six-figure service-based business in 12 months or less. She started her business at rock bottom, oh, becoming homeless at the age of 23 and building a six-figure online business with just one virtual assistant by the age of 27. I got to step up my game. Right. <laughs> Her insight and coaching genius has been featured in places such as Bloomberg Businessweek, Fox News, CBS, NBC, Shout Out Colorado, and Authority Magazine. Wow, she's got some clout. She is so cool. She talks about some of her story in the episode. She was a teen mom, and she has two boys now who are two, I believe, and 12. So the age gap is real, and building the businesses, <laughs> doing a bunch of different things, it's such a good story and episode, and it's full of like actual things you can take away and apply today. So I hope you enjoy. Yes, listeners, take it in. And if you need a comic book, you know where to go. Yes. Well, I'll find the link for that so we can add to the show <laughs> at some point. <laughs> woo woo! Enjoy. Yeah, Sina, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So we start the podcast with the same two questions <laughs> at the beginning, and then we'll flow to where wherever we end up. And these. Take them as you wish. You can have a big answer, a small answer, whatever you want. Who are you and how did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> big question. <laughs> okay, I, who am I? I am a, oh gosh, I am a resilient woman. Mm. That's the first thing. And then a mom and a wife and a bomb ass business coach. I will say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I got here through a lot of, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of twists and turns, but mostly I feel like I got here by just always going for what my heart wanted the most Mm. following that. I love that. Yeah. How did that? So is that something, have you had that since you were a kid, that kind of like heart pull? Yeah. Very strong. It was always very strong. And I come from like my family, parts of my family are very entrepreneur, like the entrepreneur spirit is, is deep rooted in my family. My grandfather had the first Arco gas station in the city of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And he employed so many people that decades after he died, he still had an impact on the community. Wow. So that runs through our blood. So I always knew from a very young age that I was going to make some type of impact on the community, on the people around me. And I wanted to do something that, that meant something. It was always more than just making money or being successful. It was always about impact. Okay. So that's fascinating to me. Just (laughs) your grandfather, like has had this team, right. And this business. And now here you are with your company, hire great help. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And he was the first one in the 1967. You can look it up, look up Arco gas station, 1967. You'll see Clyde Martin. That was my grandfather. He had the yep. first one, the gas station. So that turned into like Sunoco. They called him and said, we want you to open the first one in the city because he was making that much impact with his small business. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Okay. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. So in your work now with Hire Great Help, you're helping solopreneurs hire their first team of contractors and employees so they can build up their businesses. Mm-hmm. 
tell us about like the heart of that. How did you, how did that end up being your work? Yeah. So originally when I was, when I got into, well, let's I have to back up before the business part. So sure. originally, so if you, know, if you don't know my story, I was a team mom and I had my son in my senior year of high school mm-hmm. and right out of high school, while most of my peers were going to college, living their lives, going to, you know, the, the, the college parties and everything. I quickly had to realize I need a career because I have to provide for this mm-hmm. baby, this human being. Once again, it's that more important than me theme, right? Because of that, I went into so many different fields because I was so unsure of what I wanted to do. So I did taxes. I was a nurse's assistant. <laughs> like it, you could think of a job. I probably had it. And because of that, by the time I, I was like 25, I had experience in over 12 different industries and what their operations look like and how their teams ran. So all of that knowledge is what I took with me when I started my consulting company. This is before Higher Grade Help, my very first one. And over the years, as it continued to transpire, I realized, you know what, I'm really good at helping CEOs and business leaders communicate effectively with their teams and help them to explain that vision all the way down each department so that they can encourage these people to help them manifest that dream with the work they do on a day-to-day basis. So once I realized I was really good at doing that, Higher Grade Help was born. Mm. It's so interesting. I was talking about this recently with someone in that because my business has changed like over the years and I've done all sorts of things, doing copy, helping people with sales, being inside a lot of different businesses and seeing kind of behind the curtain. I've learned so much about business just from being in their businesses. Right. Exactly. You've had that too, of like being in 12 different industries. Like it's insane how much you can learn if you're really like looking right. And like, taking it in. Yes. And you can't help but do it because you may be playing. See, people think that the roles they're playing now is small. Like you think because you have a little, you know, you think, oh, my job isn't that important. Oh, I'm only on, I'm not on the senior team. So it's not that, but you don't realize the people at the bottom get the most, like you get the most. (laughs) If you're paying attention, you could see what's happening on your level and what's happening on the levels above that affects your level the most. Then you can, you can come back and tell a CEO, Hey, if you're not properly identifying the roles on your team, the rest of us down here, we don't know what to do. So that's affecting your bottom lines. Just like take advantage of where you are in your career. I don't care if you are at the, at the register Mm -hmm. taking cash, Mm -hmm. take it, look at where you are and learn from it. Yeah. There's so many insights. And when you swap that too, I think there's a a big mindset shift there between like, Oh, I'm just this to I have access to so much information, no matter which position you're sitting in, whether you are right. Like whether I am the VA or like the director of sales or the CEO or whatever, like everyone has access to information. And especially when you're not in the CEO seat, you have valuable information for the CEO. Exactly. And then it becomes such a game of really communication, I think is like the most important thing then of how do you share that. How do you position yourself as valuable and insightful and all of that jazz, whether it's inside that company or if you're just taking it and moving from there. And that's the key. That's the key. Tell me about your journey with like, have you always been like a good communicator? How does that show up in like your work? (laughs) If you could see Cena's face right now. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) I had to invest in coaching and, and programs to learn how to effectively communicate. And like I said, coming from, you know, what my background was in, in those years where I not only was learning how to be a parent, but learning how to be a person. Like, yeah. like who am I? Who's Cena? I, I didn't know how to communicate. And that's the frustrating part when you you feel you, you like you feel your value and you know what you want to contribute 
and you know what you can bring to the table, but you don't know how to effectively communicate that, it's very frustrating at times. And so over the years, I, I had to keep practicing. And that was one of the good things about switching so many jobs and getting in so many industries because I had to practice that in the medical world. And then I worked in cryptocurrency for like three years. I had to learn how to communicate that over there. So constantly going into new rooms helped me over time get better and start to perfect the practice of communication. Mm, interesting. You have this interesting <laughs> like dichotomy too of like having having both the experience as the CEO and then also as like an employee or team member on so many different, right? Like in so many different fields, industries, et cetera. How does that kind of like show up in your work with CEOs? Oh, that's a good question too. The way it shows up is I have people from all different industries who come to me for help. Mm. That's the first thing. And so I, for example, like last year we had a health coach and then we had someone who was a registered dietitian come into my program. And then like this year we have a SaaS company. So it's people from all different walks of life. And that actually has turned into a great asset because I've seen so many different business models and so many versions of operations within different types of teams. Now it's now I can, I can work with the SaaS company and I can work with the dietitian and I can work with the business coach and say, look, you know, this is my framework. I've, I've, I've done this with over 250 clients. I've done this across 12 industries. This is the best practices. These are the, the, the fastest ways to hit your goals. Here's the framework. So it's very beneficial now. Hmm. So when people come to you, tell us a little bit about like what, what phase of like, I need help <laughs> are they in? Mostly it's, this is the one I'm getting the most. Like I've had a conversation about this yesterday. Right now, people are going through trust issues. They're mm-hmm. finding it very, people will come and say, I have, I struggle with delegation. And then when we start asking the questions and kind of peeling that onion apart and saying like, what's really going on in here? What it is, is because of the things that are happening in the world and what we all have gone through the last couple of years, people are feeling like this is my vision. This is my bread and butter. I really care about my clients. I don't trust anybody to do this with me or to help me with it. So a a lot of us just have to do some inner healing. We think it's the people we're hiring, but it's really us. That's the phase a lot of people are in that are coming now. Wow. That is so interesting to me to hear from like the operations standpoint, because I could say the same thing about sales. (laughs) You know what I mean? It is such, and all of this, like building a business is such a trust game. And by game, I mean like (laughs) game really makes it seem silly, but like it is the ultimate work I think of building your business of, of how can you both trust yourself, trust the universe or whatever, and trust like the people who are helping you. Because if mm-hmm. you don't have trust in all three of those things, things get weird. It does. <laughs> we start to blame. We try to fix something. But ultimately, like, it's always coming back to us and our relationship with the people outside of us and the world around us and all of that jazz. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. So how do you help people when it comes to trust, but then also like looking at team stuff? Yeah. So we, we go through like a number of exercises I have. I have my whole, the whole first module of my program is about mindset. It's, it's called mindset makeover because you literally have to take your mind through this makeover and, un, and, and clean up and detox all of the different, the things that burn people that may have burned you in the past, like something that may have caused you to not trust someone or feel betrayed or, 
you know, whatever the emotions that are underneath all of that, all of the mess, whatever those things are, we have to clean them up and clean it out. And I call it like cleaning out your, your spiritual reservoir. You have to clear out that water and get all the muck and the dirt and the grime out. So you have a fresh base to go into this transformation. And now you can say, okay, I've cleaned this out. Now, what type of person do I, what type of leader do I want to be? Like, what type of CEO do I really want to be now? Let's start building on that. Uh, yeah. It's like so important that like, what kind of leader do you want to be before? What kind of team am I looking to hire? Yes. I yeah. feel like so many times it's, I need this and this isn't working and it's all outside. Right. And like, here's what I need help with. Yes. But that question of like, oh, even now with my team, when, when things come up that are like, oh, this isn't going how I want it to. Typically it's a me issue. Like mm-hmm. it's how I'm communicating. It's what I haven't set up properly. Like, and that's hard, I think, for people to kind of like turn that mirror. Do you find that people have resistance around that work or is it pretty like, yeah, I'm doing it. A time. And, and I, I tell them going into it, like, listen, you like, you like me now, but you may not like me in about 30 days and <laughs> make it a little rough here for a minute, but trust me, trust the process. I always tell people that. So it's definitely that looking in the mirror work and that self-reflective work that has to come first. And typically, like you said, when you think it's a team member, or if you find yourself in a position where you're constantly rehiring and you're having to restaff, your turnover is just crazy. The question is, is it the people you're bringing in or is it, is it you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is it you? <laughs> <laughs> like, how am I contributing to this is mm-hmm. one of my favorite like reflection <laughs> questions. Right. Yes. And it's an interesting line too, of like not being over responsible, but also like having accountability and all of that jazz. And then your personal life versus your work life. Do you find that the work in the professional side of things changes things in the personal side, or is it usually just kind of like bringing it into alignment? Like, what does that kind of look like? Yeah, it's both. It's both. Um, it, it's more of the first one, like the personal mm-hmm. and the work can affect if we're talking about, we're talking about for the clients that come right. Or for me. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, all of the above. All of it, right? Clients, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. For I can speak for me. It definitely is. The personal can affect the home, but I do my I do my best to keep boundaries and keep a balance with my professional life. Meaning, if I have a really rough day, like you know, mm-hmm. things are just and by rough, I mean it's not as soft as I wanted to be that day. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's not as ease and flow <laughs> as I had hoped for that particular day. I try not to then close my laptop, leave the office and take that into the home with me. Like there has to be, it's not the kid's fault that, you know, somebody didn't sign a contract on time today. Like that's not, that has nothing to do with them. So I try to, I try my best to, and I don't always do a great job at it. None of us do, we're human, but you know, I, I do my best to keep the lines separated. And I think with clients, a lot of times too, because team building is so intimate, it's so personal you're allowing people into a very delicate part of your, of your life that when things sometimes go awry in that circumstance or in, or in those predicaments, like it's the same thing. You'll notice that, well, I got into an argument with my, with my spouse that night. Well, why? Well, something happened with one of our team members or our hires and we took it back. You don't want to do that. So just, just be a little, be aware of that. Like what's your attitude in this situation and how can you adjust it the next time this comes up so you don't react the same way mm, it's so much personal development work <laughs> <laughs> it's all personal <laughs> it's fascinating though because I really feel like when people I don't know if you have this too but when people think about sales and copy they're not like expecting 
you know, a personal development journey necessarily. You know what I mean? I and I feel like as I talk to you, I'm just like, oh, team, same thing. Okay. <laughs> yep. Like the same over there. Peel back the the mask, right? And that's what you get again is yourself. <laughs> and now it's all working. It is like my like this particular business now is only a is only two years old. But as far as entrepreneurship, I've been in this game 18 years. It's the same. Mm. It's constant personal development. Yes, you have yes, therapy. Yes. 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 A thousand percent. Yes. If you oh thought you were going to get around it, you are not. So right? it's just, yeah, there's no way. Like it just keeps popping up. It's like, nope, over here, over here. <laughs> and so I imagine people come to you and like, they kind of have that question of like, is this the time to hire? And then which person is next? That, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. And then you mentioned something before. So we have like this hiring side of it of like, okay, I need to know the earth thing of what's next. Right. And then you mentioned before, like really following your heart. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, so when CEOs are, are following their heart, right? Like this business is the vision, but then you have to make these very strategic decisions. Yep. Like, does that get messy? Is the heart kind of stuff kind of wrapped up in the team stuff or like, <laughs> or is that simple? It's, I mean, yes and no, it's mm. not exact. It's not exactly simple because with the heart thing, you have to, or I shouldn't say have to, cause you don't have to, but I would highly advise that with the heart stuff, you can follow your heart, but really evaluate, are you making decisions out of impulse or is this something you are truly passionate about? And it's viable for you to go after it because if you're living out of impulse and reaction and, you know, fight or flight, or you're constantly putting out fires, that's where your heart can mess up the structure you have in place with the team Hmm. however if it's something that you feel passionate about there's opportunity there you don't know really what the outcome is going to be but you're like listen we have the capacity the resources to take a risk let's try this out then that's when I would pursue it that makes sense yeah can we talk more about your heart and like how you kind of got pulled into this direction and like how this is your current this is your work I I feel like it's it crosses over with art in a way mm-hmm. to me, like the way that we create business in this way, when it really is like heart centered and it can still be strategic and all that stuff, but there's a pull that's kind of bigger than just like, well, this is the smart thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us about heart. that. Like why, why? <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, it's, I was known for this behind the scenes. Mm. Like, my relationships over the years of the relationships I've built over the years while doing this coaching business, they have been very supportive. Like they have like, you know, even how you and I met and Mm -hmm. that was a year ago and we, you know, just the connections were real and genuine. Mm -hmm. And I, and when I was, and when I pivoted from the last thing that I was doing, which I pivoted a bunch of times this time I said, okay, what's the thing I can do that would make me happy. And like, I can actually have some longevity here. I want to do something that I I wasn't going to continue to keep changing it. I want to do this for the next three years, the next five years. And it was team. I always, like I said, it goes back to what I learned from my grand, my papa. It always was about team. It was always about community. And my heart was just like, this is what I do in the relationships that I'm in that I that I interact with on a daily basis I'm always talking about operations like my friends are always asking me you know what's your opinion on this hire or can you you know look this can you check this person out and see if you would hire them that was always what I was doing so it just made sense 
for me mm-hmm. to follow that passion publicly that I had been doing privately for so long. Mm-hmm. Do you ever yeah. get distracted? Are you like an ideas person? Do you want to do other things? Daily. Really? Daily. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, let's, let's go start a pet walking business. <laughs> like, that's me. <laughs> total yeah. creative, total art. Like my husband is a important artist. And oh, so cool. we start, yeah, like we're a big art family. My son, the 12 year old has a comic book business. So we're big art, art, a big art family. And he just came back from, he just did a couple of shows and he's working on projects with some of his partners. And I'm like, oh, what would, what would it be like if I helped you like write an album? Like I'm always <laughs> off by the way, so I, but I have to bring it back. I remember to focus yeah, and continue to build what's in front of me because once I reach my, once I, I reach a level with this, where I know I could pull my hands off of it a little bit and it's still mm-hmm. running at the pace that I wanted to, mm-hmm. then I have the freedom to go explore and create all the little businesses I want to create. But for now, right. I just, I just need to focus for for some time. Mm. So your son has a comic book business. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. I'm, how does like you being in business, obviously that's affecting him, right. In some way, shape or form where he like has the freedom to go ahead and create that. Like, can you, like, I would love to know just a little bit, like, how does you being a business owner affect you as a parent? Yeah, it's, they're intertwined, to be honest. I, I, I see myself using business lessons all the time as a mom. Mm-hmm. They really pull over into like what I do as a parent. But I think the main thing is the way that I try to teach my kids about the world of working and how I try to teach them to look at their skill sets and like what their passions are. I don't teach it from a, I guess it's like traditional, how we learn. Like go, I learned to go to school, get a degree, go to college, get a job as most, a lot of us did, I'll say. Mm-hmm. And my grandparents were sharecroppers. Like they came up working sun up to mm-hmm. sundown. That was their lifestyle. So they really instilled that in us, but I don't teach my kids the same way. My mm-hmm. thing is, you know, don't work 20 hours a day. Like, how can we get your ideas to work for you that hard <laughs> so yeah. that you can lead and manage and be an example to a team that's helping you bring those ideas to fruition? That is fascinating to me. I yeah. find myself too bringing a lot of like, like my son will be like, I'm dysregulated right now because like I need him to know that language. You know what I mean? And it's yes. things that sometimes I teach like to my adult clients. And then I'm like, all right, if I were going to teach my kids this in five minutes, what would it sound like? And I'll go ahead and do that just so they like, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to get it, but I might as well plant those seeds. Right. Yes. And that's fascinating to me that you're doing that too. What does that look like in terms of like, you're talking about him really being a leader. How do you sort of like create that bridge? How do you show that or teach that? I, I, be, I try to be an example because he's, mm. he's 12. Like he's going mm-hmm. to, sometimes it's in one ear out the other, right? Right, like we, right. You know, it's a teenage brain, but instead of me talking at and constantly trying mm-hmm. to teach, I take him in environments where he can see it. So wow. I'll bring him in when I have meetings with like my team members. I'll bring him in and say like, okay, come say hello to Miss Maple. Come say hello to Miss Dada. And he'll see it. Or for example, with his comic book business, because him and his dad are like, Mar- like Marvel should hire them. That's how much they support and know about and talk about mm-hmm. <laughs> Marvel. And so because of that, you know, when they have their, when they go to their events or when like big movies are coming out or whatever, and they're doing their whole thing, I try to always incorporate into him like, okay, did you see how Marvel did this launch? Look how the team did that. Like yeah. I try to, I, I plug it 
into what he's interested in because that's when it clicks brilliant yeah I love that it's so cool and it's so interesting and I love the idea of like I, and I've been thinking about this too, because my kids will be like, mom, there's HoneyBook, sign up for HoneyBook. And I'm like, that's an ad. Okay. So let's talk about why you know about HoneyBook for a second. And this is yes. not an ad for HoneyBook, by the way, <laughs> I've never used it, but I think Marvel, I'm like, sorry. right, right, right. It's like, whatever they love and things are popping up. I think that's such a good way to kind of just like hop into it. Right. And kind of show them like what's actually happening. Cause I don't know about you, but like, I didn't realize any of that until I was an adult. No. I didn't realize like I've made tons of money writing. I never knew you could make money writing because I didn't realize that like, oh, writing is such a huge part of advertising. Every script, every word, right? Every Mm. commercial, like this is writing based. So it's fascinating. And I think it's so helpful to kind of like have that person that's kind of like showing you, especially in a non-invasive way that like works for what you're looking at. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Like they're (laughs) surrounded by much more advertising than we ever were. Yeah, so right? it's it's like hyper awareness, and I think it's our job to really shape the way they take that in as much as we can, so that they don't fall into like hyper consumerism, and they more so understand this is the opportunity. Look at how much opportunity you have to put your ideas out in the world. Yes, yeah. Oh, so you totally have that. Like I, you're passing the torch, kind of carrying that legacy. Do you think that was intentional, like from your grandfather? Like, is that something that you think? he wanted to kind of like pass down or do you think that just sort of happened oh gosh I think it was intentional mm-hmm. he but the thing about it was he never said the word business to me mm-hmm. never he never said the word mm-hmm. it was always again it was the example I think that's where I really learned it from it was like this is go with me when I'm going to these clients home come mm-hmm. see what the pay is for one client he was selling high ticket in like 92 oh, <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> right like your first business coach right right <laughs> It's like, come with me and watch, right? This is how you treat clients. This is how you keep a client for 10 years. You do these things, you send them the, like, it was, it was always example. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes me think it was intentional because the level of care and the amount of time he took to really, he took to me, like, I don't even think he did that with any of his other grandkids, to be honest, Mm -hmm. but he really gravitated to me and taught and showed me. So I just never want to take that for granted. Yeah, And I feel like I have a duty to continue to pass that on through my own children. Mm, that's beautiful. And your work with your clients, do you find that the exemplification is part of the teaching process and like yes. how they're learning and then how they have to teach their team as well? Yes. Interesting. Yes, yes. yes. I definitely, like, that's one of the things that I'll bring in. I'll bring in meetings that I did. I always use meetings with my own team as an example. So I use that a lot. Okay. We have a client call, but I want you us for review this particular meeting where like, I had to let go of, I had to let go of a team member. Let's break this down. Here's an example. What could I have done better? Let's evaluate that. So the, the example, cause I think we learn more by following examples versus someone constantly talking at us or talking to us. And we're already so saturated with information on a daily basis. It's becoming, the thing about it is like, this is the most this is, this is the most information that's ever been available on the planet, but yet people are the most missing, like disinformed that they've ever been. Mm. People know, know more and know less at the same time. So mm-hmm. my whole thing is how do I not plug you with another encyclopedia <laughs> yeah. of things to learn, but rather say, okay, you are a very capable, intelligent human being. Let's, let's get into a room where you can see an example and then model it. Mm. I love it. 
<laughs> not surprised. <laughs> well, it's like so smart. It's so human-based and connection focused. And like, yeah, everyone, like people are not, I mean, people are not stupid and like, no. caveat, I don't know. What do I know? You know what I mean? But I really do believe that like people understand things. And when you talk to a person, like a person who is capable, like their capabilities really come to the surface. If you speak to someone like they're an idiot, right. If you have that in your mind already, like you're, they're going, you're then in a loop together where you're like creating this whole relationship dynamic. That mm-hmm. is this hierarchical nightmare really to be yep. played out. Yep. How does like, so on that note of like hierarchical stuff and that like oh I'm up here and you're down here and boss versus team how how Mm. does hierarchy kind of come up in your work and like what what should that look like in your opinion inside of these businesses that we're growing that are smaller teams and it is intimate right yes 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 yes. it's such a good question I oh how do I put this properly I I don't want to say despise but I have had as most as a lot of us have had very horrendous experiences with being on teams and being in, in companies and organizations where, you know, the boss man was at the top and everyone else was the lower, you do the work, I go on vacation all year and then you pick up the slack. And so for me, I don't like, first of all, I don't, I don't like being like, I'm the boss, I'm, I'm the one that's at the top, you guys are down here doing the work. For me, it's always about camaraderie and it's always about Let's work, let's work in unison. Like all of us are, are human. All of, no one's better than the other. You're not above or below or down. It doesn't matter if you're the marketing assistant or if you're the executive director, we're all going to treat each other with a certain level of respect. And I, I pr- approach it that way. The way I teach it and the way I try to like exemplify that in my own team is I'm as much as a team player as the VA. Like mm-hmm. I'm as much in the process as our copywriter. You know what I mean? Because I never want my team to look and say, oh, look at her up on the pedestal. <laughs> Go mm-hmm. up and ask her. Like, I, can, I can't stand that. I despise that when I was in the different companies that I was in. And so I, my team tells me all the time, like, you're a really good example of that because you don't treat people that way. If we get a big client or we get a big contract because of the teamwork that everybody on the team put in I'm coming to the team and I'm saying guys we're getting commissions on this <laughs> like everybody gets a piece of this it's not about everything coming to me and, and and you get nothing and you're at the bottom so I probably couldn't explain that but that's that's how I feel and that's what yeah. I try to try to show yeah no I think that's brilliant with so I'm wondering like with CEOs so being inside many businesses one of the dynamics that I've kind of like seen play out and I think people struggle with is this idea that like, you know, I want excellence. This is what I'm going for is this level of like, it needs to be wonderful. And and yes, because we're delivering to clients and like, it does yes. need to be to a certain caliber. Right. But also not creating expectations that are like, you're never actually going to be good enough in a way the work is never going to get there. I think that can be very hard for people and creating, you know, when people are creating cultures is what we're doing. Right. Is like when team members want to be so impressive that then we're actually like not asking the questions because we don't want you to think I'm an idiot right but I want to do a good job and really can't do that and all of these kind of like bubbles happen I would love to know your kind of like perspective on that how do you get people to do a great job but also not overwork but not underwork and like mm-hmm. oh my gosh all of the 
Yeah, that's a good yeah. question. I actually had that experience where we had someone who came in and she felt so because she was newer, like mm-hmm. to the particular role we hired her for. And just that industry period, she felt like, oh, it's so established. Like you've been doing this so long. I have to come to work every day and be super perfect in the Slack channel. Right. And like all of that. And I, I noticed over time that she was hiding, like she would bury work that she didn't complete or things that weren't being done because she just felt inadequate to even share mm-hmm. it or ask a question about how to properly do it. And so what one thing we did on a team to help everybody like put down their expectations and put down that, that, that search for like perfectionism and the shame of, I don't know this, let me come to the team and ask for help was we did, I don't even know what the, what, what to really call it, but basically we had a, we had a team call on Zoom and everybody came and we did like a round, like a, like a, a round table game. And we would go around and say like, okay, everybody share a favorite food of yours. Let's play a game and let's, what, you're, in this, you're in one part of the world. I'm over here in the States. You're in this other part of the world. Let's all talk about what our favorite foods are. Let's turn our cameras on and like play some of your favorite music and let's all do a dance to it. You know, mm-hmm. like let's do these things where we're putting down all of the biases and the worries and the fears of work and let's just be human and experience each other and enjoy it. So by the end of that, she was like laughing and talking about her grandma's fish and how she cooked it. And she was a whole different person. And so that helped to, when she got back to work, she felt more comfortable yeah. and trusted us more to start showing her concerns and her questions and all of that. And so doing stuff like that, where you're helping these people just, just feel like I'm safe here. Mm-hmm. A lot of that, like that helps a ton with your team and with the culture that you're creating at the company. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, it's huge. And it's so interesting. Cause I, as I think through kind of like the examples, right. And the situations I've been in, I feel like so many times it's leaders who, and I think it's interesting when they're like, I don't want to do that stuff. You know what I mean? Like they, ah, the connection stuff like, isn't no, Mm -mm." Mm -hmm. how that then shows up in kind of recurring team issues and people leaving, even though they're doing a good job and like, and not being able to understand why they're leaving because they don't even feel safe enough to share their truth about their experience here. Cause they're pretending they're having a good time, but truly like it's a stress box. Yep. And then you have to ask yourself, how do people feel about working with you? Mm-hmm. Like put that on the whiteboard and answer that, answer that truthfully. How do people really feel about working with you as a leader, you as a person? Is it, you're not showing your true personality? Are you afraid to show them like you without the, the boss babe hat on? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> what are you holding back or what are you being afraid of that's, that's not allowing your team to fully garner that trust with you? So they can do their best work. This again, like I said, a team is the most intimate thing you're going to build in this in the business. It's mm. the most intimate. So you have to ask yourself, like, how do I want to treat these people? Do I want to act like they're strangers on the street, or are we building something where we feel some type of connection, some level of family here? Mm. You gotta ask yourself. When that's interesting, when you say that this is the most intimate thing that like you're going to be building, would you say even for people who are building like coaching programs and that sort of thing, that the team is actually more intimate than the experience they're providing for clients? A hundred percent. Can you say more about that? That's fascinating. I love it. hundred percent. I had a client last year who she, she business, been in business online for 10 years. And you know, to us, that's like, 
you made yeah. it, right? <laughs> you, you're old. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So been in business online for 10 years. She had hundreds and hundreds of clients. It was a group program. She hired us to come in and help her revamp the operations of the program and then train her whole team on how to run it. She had a team of th- three people. And so the reason I'm saying that the team is the most intimate, even more than the clients is this, what happens when you want to talk, what happens if you lose 20, 30, 50% of your clientele? Mm-hmm. People churn, people turn over, they graduate into other programs, they don't need it anymore, they go on. You're going to constantly have new faces, new experiences, new people coming into the business. So you can't be so connected to the clients, but you haven't built any camaraderie, trust, you don't have any anchors in your team to say, this is like our, this is our standard. This is how we want people to feel when they come into this program. And, and your clients can tell when your team doesn't have that. They can tell this is just bodies and butts you put in seats and it's not people that you fully communicated your vision to. So we spent the whole year with this particular client really combing that thing out. And when I tell you they launched the end of last year, she had a $250,000 launch from one launch, a hundred and something new people joined the program. And when I tell you every single person in that program had a red carpet experience, it's because her team knew down to the email, down to the text messages they were sending how clients wanted to, how clients needed to feel and what they needed to accomplish for the program to be successful. When you don't have that in your team because you don't communicate it, it's a bust. Mm. I can feel your passion. Like I <laughs> share that. I'm like, yes. And you're making me read. I'm like, hmm, okay, launch wise. What are we, how do we? <laughs> but that's so true. And everyone's so focused on the sales, the marketing, the well, what does the sales page say? And da 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 da. And like, Yes. And the clients, like client experience is a thing we talk about for sure, but like team experience and how the team knows all of that stuff. I think it's very easy. So to speak, you can check the box of here's my vision. Okay. The team knows it, but to actually enroll them in your vision and to be fully working together on something like that is two very different things, right? It's like, exactly. And then one more thing, like the crazy part about it is right after that, she found out she was having a baby and -hmm. had to go on maternity leave for the whole like end of the summer. So now, because she took all the time that like what I'm saying with your team, yeah. they said, wow, you just enrolled a hundred people in this program. We're not, nothing's on fire. Go on maternity leave. <laughs> we got it. Cause we understand what these people need and how, how you have served them for the last 10 years. We can do it for you. Yep. Someone recently said to me, and I like, this is one of the things that I took and I can't believe I'm blanking on who said it right now. I see, this is how much I like the quote that I forgot where it came from. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'll figure it out. But it was, you have to spend time to make time. And I feel like that's what you're talking about. Like the team stuff, like it's so, ah, I don't want to like, or I just have to keep going. I'm going too fast to slow down and do that. But like the time it takes to actually like invest in this work and to create those connections and relationships, like you can't, I mean, I think we have like instant connections with people sometimes. Right. But to like fully build a trusting relationship, it takes time. You can't get around it. You can't. Think about, think about like when your kids go to school, if you have kids or if you have nieces or nephews, because I know people might be watching this don't have kids, but just think about the kids in your life, right? Like when they go to school, they don't instantly build connections that are going to last their whole, all the way through high school that it might take them a year, two years to really, okay, these five people, these are my core friends. Like we're going to get married together. We're going to still, you know, have our experiences when we become adult, it takes time. And so you can't rush the human connection. But just making sure that you're making those investments now instead of later. And especially now when customers now are counting every dollar. 
Like mm-hmm. people, people are going through their budgets, making sure what's on it is what they really need. So you want to make sure that now your team is, is, is tight or you have a plan in place to get it tight so that you can hold on to those customers. Mm-hmm. Do you have things come up and I'll, I'll stop asking you all of my questions after this, but I'm just wondering <laughs> on that note of like budgeting and thinking about kind of like the CEO worries that like I hear when people are like, but I, like I have a team, right? They have that stress and pressure sometimes of like, I'm providing for them. Yes, and like, okay. I'm always like, oh, right, let's, let's look at this before we go further into what the solution is to make more money to pay the team. Because like, also this is a business, this isn't a family, right? Like this, you're not actually providing, you're in contract with people to do things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I would love to hear your kind of side of like, when you hear that, when people come to you and they're in that pressure, I have to fix this kind of like energy. What, what do you see in that? Where do you kind of start or like what? what's usually under the surface in your perspective (laughs) yeah so with that it's a lot of times it's like all of the the biases or all of the beliefs that the CEO has about how they're running it like well I'm paying I'm paying their salary like I'm you know it's that it's ego like we're just gonna Mm -hmm. call it what it is a lot of it is is ego but it's also like you have a fear let's be clear it's a lot of pressure when you when you're when you're providing for people like that's that is a lot of pressure when you're paying paychecks and and you're the one responsible for payroll yes it is but you also took this responsibility and you made the decision to be this lead so let's let's look again let's peel back a little bit and let's look and see okay where are your own beliefs your own fears your own worries really shaping the decisions you're making and then are those decisions that you're making causing problems that your team is like vividly aware of People are talking about the wage gap actively. So if you are holding back and paying people entry-level entry level salaries, but they're doing high-impact work on your team, best believe they're looking at other organizations who are going to value what they do. So I'm not saying come in and just like, oh, you have to fix it, be super stressed out. But what I will say is you're the leader here. So slow down. Let's evaluate what part is ego, what part is real concerns. And then once you, once you start getting your own mind, you know, reframing your own thoughts around this, then look and see where am I actually being unfair to the team? Where can I make improvements? And what are we doing really well? So we can celebrate that and double down on that and maybe focus on that first, then fix the other stuff as you go along. Mm, So good. (laughs) This has been brilliant. Thank you so, so much for sharing your like brain and heart with us. Like this has been such a great conversation. Conversation. I feel like there's so many nuggets of like, oh, so many reflection questions to kind of like go through and actually look at if you are leading something or if you, you know, whether you have a team now and it's kind of like, oh, let's do a check-in. Or if you're like, I know a team is coming up for me mm-hmm. and uh, you know, when you're ready to invest the time to really create a great situation team-wise, I feel like there's so much here. So thank you. Thank you. For Appreciate me. it. If you are listening and you want more of Sina, you can go to HireGreatHelp.com. There is a quiz that will help you get clear on what pillar you need to focus on next in your business. And if you're ready to even hire or not. And Sina, do you want to tell us anywhere else or anything else? If people want more of you, where can they go? What should they do? Yeah, I'm on everything Sina Martin and everything Hire Great Help. So all the social media platforms, you'll find both. And I always tell people my DMs are open. So if you saw this and you watched this, this episode, watch it a couple of times, share it out. And then, <laughs> and then reach out to me and just say like, wow, I saw you on podcast. With Aaron, can you please like help me with a couple of questions I have? I am more than willing to talk. Love it. 
All right, Sina, thank you so much again for this amazing content, for sharing your time and energy with us. Thank you for doing this work in the world. The fact that you're bringing all of this like connection-based wholeheartedness to teams, I think is so important and really changes the way the workplace is, which is so important. Not everyone's going to be the CEO, like all of the positions matter. Everyone's experience matters. Um, And I just really appreciate you bringing all this to the forefront and, you know, spending your time and energy teaching and carrying on the legacy of your family. So thank thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you for your work and thank you for you genuinely. Thank you. Hey, it's Erin, and I want you to know that you matter. Everything you're doing and everything you've done, it all matters. It all counts because you are important to the people around you, your family and friends, your audience, your clients, and quite honestly, to the world. Whether you're changing lives on the front line or changing lives while you're changing diapers, your presence matters. Every life you touch counts. And from just one interaction, there can be infinite, meaningful effects. And for that reason, I want to thank you for showing up and doing the work to be with yourself and share your light and your gifts and your love with those around you. If you want support with any of this human being stuff, you're always welcome to join me inside of my coaching membership, Human Being Club at humanbeingclub.com or follow along with me on Instagram for more behind the scenes, silly stuff at Erin Lindstrom. Once again, thank you for being here and thank you for you.